Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, we are continuing our look at the Gospel of Luke, continuing through Christmas, uh, continuing all the way until next Advent uh, as we go verse by verse through the Gospel of Luke. And this morning, we, we come to basically what Luke does to summarize the childhood of Jesus. And Luke does something very different than Matthew. Matthew tells us of uh, the Magi coming and, and bringing Jesus gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Matthew tells us of the threat to Jesus' life and that all the boys in, Jerusalem, or in Bethlehem were, were killed by King Herod. But Luke doesn't tell any of that. Luke basically summarizes Jesus' childhood with one story in about 15 verses. And so it's interesting to me as we look of, of how two of the gospel writers chose to share the story of Jesus with others. It was very different. And, and this year, 2020 for us, is going to be a year where we're encouraging you to share the gospel of Jesus as well to speak of Jesus every week. And, and so we want, as your pastors, we want to encourage you to speak of Jesus, and we're actually going to keep track of it. And so every week we want you to text how many folks, how many conversations you've had where you've mentioned the name of Jesus. And we're going to have a little chart on the wall, and instead of collecting money on this chart and watching the thermometer go up, we're going to show something much more valuable conversations that we've had about Jesus. And, and instead of hoping to impact someone for a day or for a week, our prayer is that you would be able to impact someone forever. And so this is the number, 248-274-4676, that you can text. And all you have to text is a number. And I'd encourage you, text even if it's zero. Because we want to encourage you. If you want to do this, we want to encourage you. And, and the, the number we've set out, is 10,000 conversations for 2020, which seems like an amazingly huge number, but what it would mean for you is mentioning and speaking of Jesus once per week for 50 weeks out of this year. How would you do that? Today, we're going to see how Luke attempts to define Jesus' childhood with one story. And, and so I guess my question for you would be, how would you summarize your childhood? If you had three paragraphs, if you had a short story to tell someone, what would you say about your childhood? I mean, I feel like everybody already knows that my summary would involve socks, right? This year, my mom tricked me. Uh, she gave me two gifts of socks. And the, the first one, I open it up and I'm like, mom. Did you write the wrong name on the package? Because she had given me Captain America socks, and they were, they're real nice. They've got, oh my, they, they're awesome. Uh, Ezekiel got the same pair, so we're wearing them together. And, and, and she wrote mom on the tag. I said, mom, mom, you're supposed to write mother because socks are supposed to be a, a punishment because I'm supposed to remember when I was a little brat as a kid and how much I need grace and forgiveness of Jesus. And she's like, oh, I must have wrote the wrong tag. And sure enough, later in the night, she had tucked one present away. And the very last present we opened as our family that day was to Matthew from mother. And I was like, ooh, two socks. 
And I open it up, and I, I, I open the package, and, and she said, it took weeks to ship here. I said, I said oh, that's interesting. And I, I unwrap, and I open the sleeve, and sure enough, it's my mom's face covering the socks, just headshots of my mom's face all over. She ordered them from China. And they had just arrived. And so I have probably the best gift of socks I've ever gotten. And so I would summarize my childhood as, man, I am a boy in need of grace. And I've received grace from Jesus and I've shared grace with others. That's my goal is, is the message that I receive, I share. And that's what we want to encourage you to do all this year. But when we look at the, the way that Luke summarizes Jesus' childhood, he basically covers the years from this infancy story that he tells us to the age of 12. And he says, the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. And we'll see from this story and then from the rest of Luke's gospel that Jesus is always in the right place. He's never not where he's supposed to be. There's always, uh, there's always a destination that Jesus has in mind. And we see at the very beginning of the account today. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. This was like an annual custom for them. They would travel from uh, Nazareth to Jerusalem. And, and when he was 12 years old, the boy Jesus went up according to custom. And, and they do the, the regular worship as, as kind of pilgrims in the city of Jerusalem. It's a seven-day ceremony. And so uh, the, the idea is perhaps they, they did the two-day um, kind of required amount and then traveled back home. But something awful happens. It's every parent's worst nightmare. It's almost like a reverse home alone. Like instead of forgetting Jesus before they went to Jerusalem, they forgot to check on Jesus after they left. Luke tells us in verse 43, when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. Now, when you're traveling to Jerusalem, the likely scenario is that you're traveling with a big group of people for a couple of reasons. Number one, you're sharing the burden of the travel. It kind of makes sense to go with your family, to go with the larger group. Like, we've got a destination. It'll be better if we go together. Number two, it's also for safety and protection because thieves and robbers are much less likely to assault you on the road if there's a big group of people. And so just like the McAllisters had packed all of the kids into the car but didn't do the double count uh, and Kevin got left behind, Jesus was left behind in Jerusalem. And you, you got to wonder. They began to search among their relatives and their acquaintances. And then when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem. And they could not find him for three days. They looked for Jesus 
and could not find him for three days. Think Luke's foreshadowing anything? Think Luke's, uh, you know, lighting a signal fire for, man, will we look for Jesus later for three days and not be able to find him? But also, just think about it. If, if you're a parent, can you imagine not being able to find your child for three days? When I was a little boy, I would have to go shopping with my mother because uh, Amazon didn't exist yet, and she would go to Kohl's and Macy's and Mervyn's and Target. And one of the things that I would do because I was insufferable um, is hide in the clothing racks, right? And, and I, would, I would just hide there. And, and she'd be shopping, and, and she would miss me. And, and all of a sudden, she'd be like, Matthew, where are you? And I'd... <laughs> And I would hide in the clothing racks. But this is not like that, right? When I hide in the clothing racks, I'm, I'm being a, a, a little boy who's, you know, needing of Jesus' love and forgiveness. But when Jesus is doing this, he's exactly where he's supposed to be. Luke tells us, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers, which is kind of obvious because Jesus knows his word, right? Like, I wrote this. Of course I know this. I know I'm only 12 to your eyes, but I am the author of salvation and life. I have given you my word, and so of course I know it. And mom and dad come up to him, and his parents see him. They were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Did Jesus sin by staying behind in Jerusalem? Right? Right? I mean, obviously the answer is no, because our Savior is sinless. But think, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Are we responsible for the emotional state of other people when we do what is right? When we are in the place which is right? And Jesus asked them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And this is going to be a common thing in Jesus' life. Jesus is misunderstood frequently throughout the gospel of Luke and throughout the other gospels we have. Jesus speaks and people are clueless. But understanding only is given in God's timing. Probably the most significant event of misunderstanding is when, the, uh, when Jesus is heading to Jerusalem again, except this time he's prepared to die. And Luke records for us Jesus' statements in chapter 18, and, and certainly we'll study this in much greater depth probably seven months from now when we get to chapter 18. 
But Jesus says this today. He says, taking the 12, he said to them, see, we are going to Jerusalem and everything written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. The disciples know that Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man. It's his most common self-descriptor of this prophetic narrative. And Jesus continues, he says, for he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. Is any of that confusing to you? Does that seem pretty straightforward? I mean, is Jesus speaking in code? I'm going to get beat up on the third day, or I'm going to die, and on the third day, I'm going to rise. But they understood none of these things. The saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. And, And even though today we understand this and we say, yes, this is very plain, If you were to carry this message into the world like we're inviting you to do, there will be some who do not hear and do not see what is so plainly written for us. Because when Jesus speaks, we need the Holy Spirit to open our ears and our eyes. Now, the invitation that we've made that you would share the gospel, this is not something that Jesus is giving you to do for him. Jesus is giving you an invitation to do this with him because he is already out in the world. He is already working on the hearts and the minds of the men and women and children whom you would share the message with because he desires all to be saved. The Holy Spirit goes before you, goes with you to cause that word to take root And to grow. Jesus finally goes home with mom and dad. Says he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all of these things in her heart. Last week when Steve Smith was preaching for us, he connected the the section of Luke to the crucifixion to Jesus' death, to show us of all the things that Jesus did. This was the connection. And this week, some of the words that Jesus speaks and the the words that, that Mary speaks and what happens kind of connects us to the resurrection. And I wanted to draw it out a little bit. You you see in Luke 2, verse 49, Jesus says, Why have you been seeking? And the angel himself, sitting in the tomb where Jesus lay, In Luke 24, it says, why do you seek the living among the dead? And similarly, two verses later, when Mary is keeping all of these words in her heart, the women who were on the way to the tomb were also remembering Jesus' words. So Luke summarizes Jesus' entire childhood from uh, infancy to age 30 with about 15 verses, and he closes it off. So, so we see from about 12 to about 30, Luke gives us this description. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. 
Now, everyone's going to speak of Jesus differently. You and me, we're going to talk about our Savior differently. Matthew and Luke speak of Jesus in their gospel accounts and the childhood of Jesus differently. But one thing is sure. Jesus is Emmanuel, which means a a word which means God with us. And if God is with us, then he is for us. He is born so that he can die. He's he's dead so that he can rise. And if he's risen, then he is with you and for you forever. And if he is with you and for you, then Paul would ask us in his letter to the Romans, who can be against us? The answer is no one. And nothing. Because nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Neither height, nor depth, nor angel, nor demon, nor things before, nor things to come, nor anything else in all of creation. And this is the gospel of Luke that we have been given so that we might know the words of eternal life. So that we might share the words of eternal life with others. Pray with me. Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you for this gift of of what happened when Jesus was a boy. Lord, help us to proclaim your truth and your love that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, we give you thanks that we live in a season of Christmas now and forever because our Savior has come and we look forward to the day when he will come again. Help us to boldly proclaim this in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, and where we play. This we pray through the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen.